0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to the latest episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. It is Tuesday, February 2nd. We had a busy weekend in the NFL. There was no games being played, but we had uh, one of the bigger quarterback trades we've had in quite some time. I I, I can't think of the last time that a top uh, 10 to 12 quarterback in the NFL was traded. And no, I'm not referring to Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford is now officially a Los Angeles Ram. Uh, meanwhile, Jared Goff, two first-round picks and a third-round pick are heading back to Detroit. This episode is going to be spent on taking a look at all, all sides of this thing, not just what does Matthew Stafford bring to the table with the Los Angeles Rams for their immediate and long-term future. What chance does Jared Goff stand finding his own in Detroit? We're going to take a look at the domino effects that this has caused around the league, because as we know, there are a few other names being floated in the trade market uh, at the quarterback position right now, Uh, you know, none more prevalent than Deshaun Watson. Um, We'll have to talk about, you know, guys like Carson Wentz, Jimmy Garoppolo. We figured out what teams are going to be engaged in this quarterback market because we were able to find out what teams made a call to the the Lions for Matthew Stafford, Um, at least... We are we know a, a decent amount of them at least, so we're gonna take a look at every side of this thing. Honestly, um, you know, as as I said for weeks, I, I had a feeling that this uh, trade was gonna go down before the Super Bowl. Uh, it seems to me that every once in a while these Schefter and and Ian bombs happen on Saturday nights for some reason. You know, I, I think back to the Andrew Luck bomb that got dropped, and everybody was taking a look at that. Um, and it was uh, that was a Saturday night, or I believe, yeah, it was a Friday or Saturday night. Um, and then there was the, uh, what was the other big quarterback trade that we've had recently? Alex Smith being dealt to Washington, I believe, was that Saturday uh, before Super Bowl weekend as well, too. So um, there's something about these Saturday night, Saturday night trade bombs. Maybe they've had a couple drinks in them. They're like, oh, fuck it. Let's just send it. Uh, so yes, we had this deal come forward. Um, let's take a look at, um, oh, look, the, the Rams are the exciting thing to talk about here. So let's talk about the Los Angeles Rams and kind of what they've built uh, now with Matthew Stafford at the helm. You know, everybody wants to talk about overpaying for Matt, for Matthew Stafford. Them giving up two first-round picks for a quarterback that's 32, two years left on his deal. Um, you know, they were paying Jared Goff a ton of money. Um, Matthew Stafford is not the cheapest quarterback, but he, he's, you know, at a reasonable price for, I think, per, the production that you're going to get. But the big thing is, is that the Rams, you know, between picking... Jared Goff back in, I believe, 2016 or 2017. They're not going to have a first-round pick until 2024. They've traded away all these first-round picks for star players. Uh, you know, they traded the, for an extra first-round pick to go and get Jared Goff. Then there was the Brandon Cooks trade where they gave up a first-round pick. Then the Jalen Ramsey trade where they gave up two first-rounders. And now they've also sent two first-rounders for Matthew Stafford. Here is the big thing that everybody needs to understand about first-round picks in the NFL this day and age. They aren't sure things. You know, 50% of first round picks hit, and the number decreases drastically if you're picking in the high 20s. So, you know, the one thing that we can say about the Rams is that they're not going to be picking in the top 12 to 15, uh, you know, in this current regime. I, I think with Sean McVay, he's a good enough head coach. I think offensively their production will be fine, and the defense has been a top talent, especially now with the duo of Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. You know, can they bring back Leonard Floyd? They've got pieces on that defense. They're not going to be picking. In the top half of the NFL draft anytime soon, so I get wanting to hold on to your first-round picks if you're in a situation where you're taking a look at next year and you're saying, "Hey, we might be one of the bottom five teams in the NFL. We might be in, you know, a, a top eight pick in the next NFL draft. Maybe we don't want to give up that first-round pick." If you're Sean McVay and you're saying, "Hey, we our picks keep popping up in the late 20s," um, and, and you know, I, I think that another thing that has to be said is a lot of great GMs, we see them trade out of the first round a bunch because there's value in the second to fourth rounds of the draft now. You know, the the entirety of day two and the beginning of day three are are really strong points where GMs and and, and guys that are great at evaluating talent, that's where they really hit their bread and butter. You know, I, I always like to talk about because I, I watch it firsthand with the Indianapolis Colts and I have a lot of appreciation for a guy in, in Chris Ballard, who has really not picked in the first round a whole lot. He traded out of it a couple years back um, with Washington. He traded out of the first round. He traded away last year's first round pick for DeForest Buckner. And then in the second to fourth rounds in his drafts, he's found guys like Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, all pro right tackler, pro bowler right tackle Braden Smith. Uh, he has found Darius Leonard in the second round. Marlon Mack, Naeem Hines. The first round, I mean, great GMs know where to find talent in day two and early parts of day three, even throughout the entirety of day three of the NBA or sorry, NFL draft. So a first round pick really isn't worth that much outside of that fifth year option. If you think that you're going to be able to get a top five to eight talent, getting that fifth year option is where it's really pivotal and really important to have a first round pick uh, just to get that extra year. But like I said, if you're picking in the late 20s, there's not going to be that guy that's there uh, where you say that a fifth-year option is is that important. Um, if you're picking outside of the top five to ten, I think there's always been better value to find in the second round and be able to flip, you know, your first-round pick for an extra second rounder. You know, just a, and, and I always I, just from what I've seen, you know, Chris Ballard when he traded with Washington to get out of the first round in the 2019 NFL draft. Uh, the, the, the Washington football team did take Monte's, uh, Montez Sweat, great player, um, and the uh, Colts were able to get two second-rounders out of it. So it's always the value of those picks. So when I take a look and I see that, okay, the Rams haven't picked in the first round for a while, they keep trading for these star players, giving up their first-round picks, I kind, of, I kind of fuck with it because good GMs know where to find the value in days two and three where taking a 50-50 shot on a first-round pick having to pay them you know, what What the, the salary of a first-round pick, sometimes it's not worth it. Plus, like I said, it's a crapshoot. I think it's about 50-50 with first-round picks that hit or miss. And so I think I'd much rather have a proven talent. Sure, you've got to pay him a lot. But I think, you know, when you take a look at the Rams, the way that they're structured, they're paying a lot of money to, you know, some select guys here. So you're paying a lot of money to Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. I'm sure there's a couple other high salary guys in there as well too. If you're a good GM at drafting in day two and day three, those are some really cheap contracts that you have for some guys that are you know you know developing into the NFL and they're not making a ton of money early on. And so if you draft well in those few days, you can afford to pay for star at at, at, at you know key positions: cornerback, defensive tackle, quarterback, left tackle, wide receiver. Those positions are extremely important. So being able to find value in the draft at linebacker or safety or offensive line or running back like they did last year with Cam Akers, your first round picks aren't really worth that much. So I think that this was a a fantastic move for the Los Angeles Rams. I think that this, you know, just taking a look at things as we project to next year, I know this season is, is not over. How could you not say that the Rams are are the favorites to at least make it to the NFC title game? We've seen what they've been able to do with Jared Goff, who in my book is a mediocre quarterback, uh, average quarterback. I think he had one season where I would say he was above average, and it's been a little bit of a regression ever since they made the Super Bowl. This is an immediate upgrade, and if they were in the second round of the playoffs this year, I don't know how you could say that they're not a favorite to represent the NFC out of the Super Bowl, if healthy. That's the big thing. You know, of course, I'm not going to say that they're going to be in the Super Bowl now because we all know that teams can fall apart, get hurt. Look at the 49ers. They were in the Super Bowl last year. Their roster was filled with injuries and, and they ended up, you know, finishing with the, you know, the 12th overall pick in this draft. You know, injuries happen. So I'm not going to say that the the Rams are, you know, going to make the Super Bowl. It's a sure thing. If they're healthy, they should be the best team in the NFC. They've got one of the best head coaches. Offensive weapons with Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown. Ton of talent. Offensive line is pretty good. You know, another thing too that that we have to consider, Jared Goff was great when he wasn't being pressured, but the Rams offensive line when it got banged up, he really wasn't able to do that much. Hey, Matt Stafford really hasn't been ever playing with a great offensive line. So I think he's shown that he's a great quarterback, can handle the pressure of the pocket collapsing, can handle blitzes is fine, can do stuff on his own, can improvise. You know, there's a lot of things that Stafford is going to bring to the table that Jared Goff just couldn't provide. So look, you gave up two first round picks, but you were able to move off the Jared Goff contract, which I said when it was signed, worst deal in the NFL. They were able to get off of it just as, uh, you know, I I think the Broncos or was it the Texans were able to get off of the Brock Osweiler contract? Like, good for you. Yeah, you had to give up a few first round picks, but you've put yourself in a in a pretty nice three to four year Super Bowl title window. Um, As long as, like I said, you know, you don't lose any key players to injury. As long as your star players are still out there on the field and you're drafting well in day two and three, I love this move for the Rams. I think it it, it should be seen throughout more. If this goes well for the Rams, I hope a lot of teams will take a look at this and say, hey, our first round picks aren't really worth that much, especially if we're consistently picking in the late 20s. Let's get some suckers to bite on these first round picks because, oh, they're first round picks, that fifth year option. You never know what a first round pick is going to turn into. I think there's a lot more value in days two and three where, you know, look, the Lions got, a you know, the, probably the best return that they were looking for. There might have been some stronger offers with higher picks um, and maybe, a you know, a greater abundance of picks. But hey, they wanted a quarterback. They wanted, you know, a couple first rounders. So they were able to get that trade done for them. But I, I absolutely love this love this for the Rams. And I think it immediately puts them into Super Bowl contention uh, at the start of next year and, and keeps them in it as long as Matthew Stafford is around and that core is is healthy and playing at the level that they've been at. I mean, it's not like any of these guys are necessarily aging outside of Stafford, who we've seen quarterbacks play well into their late 30s. He's only in his early 30s. Aaron Donald is young. Jalen Ramsey is young. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods are young. Cam Akers was a rookie. Uh, Leonard Floyd, if they can bring back, he's still young too. This is a this is a really good team, and I think it's it's one that we can say, you know, I, and I believe that the Chiefs are running off to their dynasty in the AFC. This is, you know, one where I say like, look, we got to find this this strong super team to come out of the NFC, you know, with Sean McVay leading the way and all of those talented players. I think we've got it in the Los Angeles Rams. So now to to move on to the Lions side of things. And I, I don't want to be completely bashful of what they're doing here. There, there may still be moves to to be done. You know, now they've got a couple extra first-rounders, uh, depending on what they want to do in this upcoming draft. They have the, uh, I believe, seventh overall pick right now. Um, and here's where I'll start. Jared Goff is not a bad quarterback, but I think we need to give a lot of credit to the system for what made Jared Goff average, adequate, above average in 2018. You know, I've said it across the league now. We've seen it in a bunch of situations where these eh quarterbacks can put up pretty good numbers, can win a lot of games because they just buy into the system. The system does well by them, gives them a lot of easy and open opportunities, and uh, they don't necessarily have to improvise or do too much where they're, you know, causing a lot of turnovers in a game where there's not a high volume of of poor throws or bad decisions. They're just game managers. And and I'll run through the list because I always do. Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco is in the same situation. Goff has been in it with the Rams. Uh, Another situation, Ryan Tannehill, in my opinion, with the Titans isn't as good as we really think he is. I think he's just got a really great system there that Arthur Smith had been running. Uh, We'll see what the team looks like next year now that he's over coaching in Atlanta. Um, And then at times when Mitch has looked better than his bad, I believe that's a large part in the system as well too. It's a lot of uh, running the football and a lot of play action bootlegs. And I think that that's what um, has made Jared Goff, I guess, not an abomination when we take a look at, at what he's making and, and his numbers and his production that he's given the Rams the last few years. Um, I, I think you the easiest thing to take a look at, and sure, I'm sure Jared Goff is not a scrub that we saw as a rookie year with Jeff Fisher, but you, you take a look at what he was before Sean McVay came into town, and it's, it's pretty different. So there is a little bit of concern of what Jared Goff is going to look like away from a system like that. Now, that being said, there's so much about this Lions organization that is new that I I can't really base it off a whole lot. You know, when I when I took a look at Dan Campbell and, and that hire by the Lions, I said, look, I I gotta give this one just a question mark. I, I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know a whole lot about Dan Campbell. Sure, you were the assistant to Sean Payton for the last five years, but Look, I, I give enough credit to Sean Payton where it's the same thing with Bill Belichick. If McDaniels and Matt Patricia both move on and they fail, they come back to New England, things turn out all right for him. What does that really tell me? Maybe they're not meant to be the head coaches. I know he had some experience uh, as a player, uh, interim head coach for a little bit in Miami while being a tight ends coach there beforehand. I, I don't really know what's going to happen. I don't know what this regime is going to look like. There's also a lot to be said about the roster with Kenny Galladay being a pending free agent. Um, I, you know, I do believe they're going to be a very run-heavy team, uh, especially bringing in Anthony Lynn as the offensive coordinator. It's going to be a lot. Uh, it's going to be predicated on the run, which makes me think that it will be an easy enough situation for Jared Goff to hopefully, um, you know, not fall apart. Really, it comes down to what this offense is going to look like, how much is going to be on Jared Goff's plate. And um, at the same time, we don't really necessarily know what the future entails there for him. You know, it, look, it's it's not a similar situation to Brock Osweiler. But when Brock Osweiler was traded to the Browns um, and the Texans had to give the Browns picks to take on the contract, Brock Osweiler didn't see the field as a Cleveland Brown. He was let go. Uh, they just ate the dead money and they moved forward. Um, without him, and and so I can't necessarily think that that's what's going to happen with Jared Goff. You know, he's he's won a lot of games. I think he's earned enough uh, respect to be given a shot there in Detroit. But what if another team comes up and says, "Hey, we'll take on that contract for some extra picks." You're already picking seventh. You've gotten some extra firsts from the Rams now. Uh, what if what if Detroit's plan is to move up higher in the draft? You know, what if what if their plan is to try and get a younger quarterback in this draft or maybe they sit at 7 and they take a Trey Lance who's more of a, you know, wait and see kind of quarterback and they say, "Look, we're going to we're going to have a competition from day 1. Jared Goff will most likely be the starter in this first season, but Trey Lance is our future." Then it's, you know, there's so many different scenarios in which Detroit can go and I can't fully confidently say, "Yes, I buy into this. Yes, I believe that it's going to work." No, I don't think that it's going to work. I have questions at the the, uh, management level, questions at the coaching level. And now, look, I've seen what a rookie Jared Goff looked like without Sean McVay. Now, what has he learned in his time with Sean McVay uh, that he can now take into Detroit and hopefully be a little bit better than what we saw his rookie year? Because I I, I don't think we're going to see it as bad as it was when he was with Jeff Fisher in that rookie season in St. Louis. Um, but I really don't think it's going to be as good as what we saw from his you know, top tier levels, uh, I guess, at the beginning of the 2018 season with the Rams. I just don't think that that's who Jared Goff is. I think that was kind of a... You know, look, when, when quarterbacks kind of pop off for eight games and there's this huge stretch where... Defenses don't know really what to do with the offense and how to guard them. And then it kind of fizzes out. It's like, okay, defenses are starting to pick up on what this is. You know, defenses picked up on what Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens were doing with Greg Roman's play calling. Teams eventually figure that out. So it's how do you adapt to it? And I think that's kind of what we saw with Jared Goff in 2018. It was, okay, this is new. We haven't seen this, uh, you know, this playbook. We haven't figured out really how they're operating their offense. Then teams caught on. He. Really, there was a point in that 2018 season. I'd say it was toward the end, week 10, 11 range, where it really started to slow down. He wasn't necessarily great in the postseason. Um, I, you know, I think the big game everybody remembers is the the Rams and the Chiefs, where each, you know, put up what a, you know, 50 points, um, and that was really the the last great game I think we we saw from Jared Goff. And since then, it's kind of fizzed down a little bit. Um, so no, I'm I'm not gonna go out there and say it's gonna be a complete failure. I'm not gonna say it's a success if I had to lean one way or the other just because of the unknowns at every single level that I have with this team, I'm gonna say it probably doesn't end up working out for Jared Goff in Detroit long term. Um, but you know look there's a there's a chance he's not even in Detroit by the start of next season. So I, I'm not sure what it's going to look like. Um, I don't feel great about it there there's really only there's one scenario that really works and that it's what Dan Campbell has taken from Sean Payton the last five years, and he runs with it, it goes great, and he builds off a system where, kind of like with Goff in Los Angeles, he doesn't need to do much. It's it's DeAndre Swift, it's play action, You know, maybe they can bring back Kenny Galladay, um, and they can work out something there where he's got a lot of weapons, because there are nice receivers there. Marvin Jones Jr., TJ Hawkinson is an up-and-coming tight end. As I said, DeAndre Swift is, is a talented running back, they can bring back Kenny. He's going to have weapons to throw to, um, but how much is it going to have to be on his shoulders, you know, as 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 we've seen for the last 10 years, you know, Matt Stafford, you know, every win that Detroit had, he had to pull it out of his ass. Jared Goff isn't a pull it out of your ass guy. He's a he's a game manager. He's a I'm not going to lose you this game, but I'm not going to necessarily win it on my own. So, um I I can't feel great about it, but like I said, there is so much unknown. We still have all of free agency, all of the draft where I can't necessarily say... I, you know, I, I feel one way or the other about it. Now, with the Rams and, and, and with Matt Stafford, I can say that I feel like it's going to go well because I've seen Matt Stafford be great with shit situations around him, with poor coaching, with a bad offensive line, with bad weapons, no run support up until this past year. I've seen it be bad for Matt Stafford and him still perform at a high level. And same with Sean McVay you know, consistently throughout his, rec- his you know, coaching tree, he's found success offensively. They already have a great defense. To me, I've already seen everything where I say, okay, this is going to be a perfect match. Whereas I really haven't seen Jared Goff outside of his rookie year without Sean McVay. I haven't seen Dan Campbell, um, you know, without, you know, being alongside the Saints for five years. And I don't really know what his role was. So that's why I kind of say, I, look, Detroit. Best of luck to you. I don't feel great about it, but I'm not going to say it's going to be a failure from day one just because there's so many unknowns. Um, but for the Rams, I, I think it's it's fantastic. It's a slam dunk. So now let's move into the fun part of everything because we found out what teams floated out offers for Matt Stafford. We found out what teams decided, hey, look, we're we're not going to offer up our first round pick this year. There was a lot that we learned. Um, that we can say, you know, okay, these teams are going to be interested in Deshaun Watson. These teams are going to be probably interested in utilizing their first-round pick to either move up or take someone where they're currently slotted. Um, so the first two teams we got to talk about are Washington and Carolina. They both offered their first-round picks, plus some more young players and other picks combined to get Matt Stafford. The Panthers is really intriguing because they had the eighth overall pick, uh, which is the highest pick that was offered. For Matt Stafford in this deal. So Carolina picking eighth. I've said for a year now that I, you know, I, I think I said it at the beginning of the season. I thought that they were going to have the worst record in the NFL. I thought it was going to take them in line to uh, take uh, Trevor Lawrence, keep them in the Carolinas, uh, and they would have their franchise quarterback. Carolina is, doesn't see Teddy Bridgewater as a long-term fix. And that was pretty clear to me all along. Um, I know they started off, I think, 3-1, and one, maybe 3-2 and two in the season. And then uh, it, it really fizzled out through the rest of the year. And, and Teddy Bridgewater definitely regressed as the season went on. So, you know, if you had any doubt that, you know, it, oh, maybe they'll keep Teddy into 2021 and he'll be their starter again, I think this goes to show you that they are really focused on getting a quarterback here. Now, it's been reported that they love the idea of bringing in Deshaun Watson. Why wouldn't you? It's Deshaun Watson. Um, Here's what I'll say about Deshaun Watson right now. This deal to me is not going to happen until very close to the draft, if at all. Because as I'm mentioning, the Jets, another team interested, have the second overall pick. Miami has the number three overall pick. Carolina has the eighth overall pick. Washington has, I believe, uh, the 19th overall pick. Those four teams are going to want to know this quarterback class like the back of their hand you know there's there's a ton of quarterbacks out here that you know need evaluation obviously no one's getting trevor lawrence jacksonville's got him it's already said and done but justin fields zach wilson trey lance even a mac jones he's gonna go in the first round what do we really know about these classes yet? This quarterback class yet. I think, you know, once we've got to go through whatever the virtual combine is going to look like, team interviews, evaluation, and then hey, Houston, if they're going to be dealing Deshaun Watson, they also need to know this quarterback class like the back of their hands. So, the Deshaun Watson deal isn't going to happen for months if it happens at all. Houston really makes it seem like they they think Deshaun's just going to waltz back in, be happy as day, and uh, keep it moving with Houston and his future there. I don't see that being the case, but they think it's so. So, you know, when you take a look at everything around here, this move isn't going to happen until, you know, maybe even a, a week or two before the draft, if at all. Maybe it happens even on draft day. So, all the Deshaun Watson talk, we're going to have this talk for the next few months. It's not going anywhere. So then to bring it back to this, the Panthers offered the eighth overall pick, you would assume that is going to be available along with a handful of other picks and players offered up for Deshaun Watson. So what we know about this now, the Panthers are going to be in the quarterback market. I really love the idea of them trying to move up for Zach Wilson. If they don't try and go get Deshaun Watson, if the if the asking price is too high, and maybe they aren't um, willing to give up some of their young players, and maybe don't want to, you know, maybe they don't want to try and just skip a few steps into being a good team again. Maybe they just want to build through the draft. Say they don't decide to go for Deshaun Watson. I love the idea of a Zach Wilson in Carolina. I think he would really fit that system and and would be a great match with, you know, a guy like Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. I would love to see them bring Curtis Samuel back. I don't know how likely that is. Um, I think he can also be a little bit replaceable in the middle rounds of this upcoming draft. There's always those guys that are kind of tweeners that can kind of do everything. I know that he's been a running back sometimes before. Um, So so Carolina, they're going to get a quarterback. It's just, which one is it going to be? Are they going to be able to pull off a heist for Deshaun Watson? Are they going to have to trade up to get a Zach Wilson? I believe Zach Wilson will probably end up being a top three pick that the way that this is falling out. I think with trades or with those teams staying put, I think there is going to be a sort of... Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, 1-2-3. Or Zach Wilson might go 2 and Justin Fields might go 3. I think if you want one of those three quarterbacks, you're going to have to trade up into the top three picks. So does Carolina try and move up a couple of spots to get there? Uh, do they try and wait around for a Trey Lance? Um, I'm not sure, but the future isn't Teddy Bridgewater. We know that much now. They, they put in the eighth overall pick for Matt Stafford. I think they're going to be willing to give up a fair, fair amount to be able to get a guy like Deshaun Watson. And if it's time to move up, I think they're they're going to be willing to offer up some picks to move into the top three. So Carolina is going to be in the quarterback market. Another team that we've known for a while now, Washington will be in the quarterback market as well, too, um, for all sorts of reasons. I mean, you've got Alex Smith, Ty, uh, Taylor uh, Heineke. They moved on from Dwayne Haskins. They need a franchise quarterback um, so if they try to go in the route I, they're at pick 19 so you know what was interesting about this Washington packaged a third round pick with the 19th overall pick it was reported they might have thrown in a young player in there as well too but um, it also seems that they are going to be heavily uh, invested in trying to get Deshaun Watson Uh, When I take a look at what they might be able to offer, they've got a ton of great young defensive players. That was the reported uh, thing that John McClain with the Houston Chronicle put out for the Texans is that they want multiple ones, multiple twos, multiple threes, and young players. So uh, when I take a look at a team, you know, just comparing, you know, a team like the Jets, who, look, I I got Jets fans that are friends. Uh, I know they want to give up everything to get Deshaun Watson, Uh, but... When you take a look and compare what the offers are, yes, the Jets have the number two pick and Washington is 19, but like I said, if you're looking for proven commodities and it comes to defensive starters, what you can offer up, look, the Jets have Quinn and Williams, Ashton Davis is a safety, but Washington, they've got guys in all three levels that I go, oh, those would be nice pieces to send over to Houston. And Houston will probably want a couple of young pieces, proven commodities, whether it's a Montez Sweat or a Duran Payne or a Jonathan Allen. I don't think they'd be able to get Chase Young, um, but something to consider as well, too. Um, they've got, they, they have a rookie corner that performed really well, graded really well in a lot of systems this year. Um, so when I take a look and I say Washington could really offer something nice, plus you're getting him out of the AFC, which seems to be something Houston wants to do, um, I think we got to really pay attention to Washington here. It just comes down to would Deshaun Watson wave is no trade cause. To, to go to Washington. Um, so that's the only thing that I think would stick in the way uh, of that. I think Washington would be able to offer one of the best packages. Uh, the only thing that you don't get with Washington that you do get from a Miami or a New York is, is a top three pick. Um, so Washington going to be in the quarterback market. Really interesting to see which uh, route they choose to go in because, hey, they they won the NFC East. They've got a really nice young core and, and, a, and a, an upgrade at quarterback would be nice. They tried to get their hands on Matthew Stafford and it just didn't work out. So those are the two teams that I think we have to take a look at and say are really are really heavy players in the quarterback market this offseason, whether it's by trade for one of those guys or potentially moving up in the draft. Uh, the next team... That we need to talk about is my good old Indianapolis Colts because for weeks and as soon as the reports came out, and I've been, I think I've been saying it for over a year now that I wanted Matthew Stafford in Indianapolis. It was one of his preferred locations, but it ended up being that LA was just clearing away the number one spot that he wanted to go to. Um, so the Colts discussed a, a couple different packages of picks and players. Here's the interesting thing they never wound up offering their first round pick this year. Which I thought, you know, if, if I was the Colts and I was, you know, the roster is currently set up and Chris Ballard, you know, like I said, has had success in days two and three with the draft, I would have said, hey, well, why wouldn't they give up 21? Um, there have been a lot of reports also in the last few weeks that the Colts are very interested in not doing this whole quarterback charades thing. You know, they've had five starters over the last five years when you consider Brissett, Luck, Brissette, uh, and then it was... Um, Phillip, and oh, there was one quarterback the year before too when Andrew Luck was hurt. They've had a lot of quarterbacks starting different seasons. Again, I think that the signs of them not offering up the 21st pick in this year's draft and them not being fully aggressive in the Matthew Stafford market makes me feel like they're also going to be one of those teams that tries to get into the top eight to get one of these top four quarterbacks. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if, if they actually are a little impressed by Mac Jones and maybe they want to just move up into the teens to get a guy like him. Um, you know, I think, I think it's all said and done. Mac Jones will be a first round pick, uh, but to see, will he be a top 15? Will he slip into the twenties? That part I'm not so sure about. At the end of the day, I think if, if we get Lawrence Fields, Lance and Wilson to all go in the top eight. I do think a team will trade up into the teens to take Mac Wilson, which is which is interesting. He's a first-round talent. I think he'll do well. Certainly is not as great as the top four options, but um, I think is a guy that can fit into the right system and perform well. So uh, the Colts, I was surprised to hear that they didn't offer a ton up for Matt Stafford and that the package wasn't as strong, and they weren't maybe one of the more aggressive teams out there. You know, if if Carolina is willing to give up the eighth overall pick and Washington is willing to give up the 19th overall pick but the Colts held on to 21 that was just surprising to me and it makes me feel like they either a really value the depth at certain positions in this draft class you know maybe they maybe the trade option is not out there maybe it's maybe it's 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 Sam Darnold maybe it's someone like a Jimmy Garoppolo i don't really know what options might be out there But it is interesting because they do have a lot of holes to fill. You know, left tackle being the most important. This is a very deep tackle class. Maybe they think at 21, they'd be able to get one of the top tackles in this class. Uh, But it also, with the reports of them, you know, really being interested in this quarterback class, this might be the year that he, that Chris Ballard, instead of moving out of the first round, or trading it for a a star player like DeForest Buckner last year, maybe this is the time where he loads up, he moves up into the top eight, and he tries to get the quarterback um, that won't just be around for a couple of years. Or, you know, they'll find their quarterback for the next decade plus. Because I got to think, at a certain point, they're a little frustrated with having a a new starter at quarterback every single year. Um, And of course, with Phillip now moving on and retiring, um, I got to feel pretty confident that, that they maybe want more than just a, a five or six year fix i think they want to try and find their future franchise quarterback in this draft so uh not sure if it's going to be a trade-up scenario into the top 10 for one of the top four guys if it's a trade into the teens or holding at 21 for mac jones um but they're another team you know to consider as well you know maybe even a sam Darnold, as i mentioned or you know god forbid a carson Wentz scenario I, i'm not really sure what's going on there Uh, But, you know, people keep talking about their interest in Carson Wentz, so it remains to be seen what what will happen with Indianapolis, but I thought it was really intriguing that they didn't offer up 21, especially when we saw teams like Carolina and Washington offer pick 8 and pick 19. Uh, I guess the the last few things that I... The the one other team that I really want to talk about, and then we'll do kind of the couple teams that maybe just flirted with the idea of Matt Stafford, uh, the 49ers. Uh, they were talking with the Lions uh, down in Mobile, Alabama during the Senior Bowl week, um, but never made an official offer. They were hoping to circle back with Detroit after the weekend. Um, and this is all according to, sorry if I, I haven't sourced this yet, this is according to um, Albert Breer's uh, Monday morning quarterback, uh, which kind of goes into all details about, about uh, kind of how this trade transpired, all the teams that were interested. Um, so... This is all coming from Albert uh, with, with Sports Illustrated. The, the 49ers never made an offer, but when they found things were heating up over the weekend, Detroit said, hey, we're, we're going to make this deal by the end of the weekend. The um, Niners started talking a little bit more, but it turned out that the price had gone beyond what they were willing to pay. Uh, and so that makes you kind of feel, as Albert says, that uh, maybe the 12th pick was never going to be offered, which again is really interesting for uh, to see Carolina offer up eight, Washington being willing to move off of 19, uh, the Rams being able to give up two first-rounders to move off of the golf contract. It was interesting to see that the 49ers um, weren't willing to give up the 12th overall pick. And I think... Where, what this really comes down to is you know the 49ers I, I we all agree and I at least I hope we all agree I don't believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is necessarily the future in San Francisco i you know the reports are shanahan you know probably wants a, a more talented quarterback um, but My reason thinking why the Rams were so ready to move off of Goff where the 49ers weren't necessarily... The report is that they're fine moving forward with Jimmy Garoppolo is, you know, it was two years ago that the Rams were in the Super Bowl and Goff has regressed ever since. Jimmy, meanwhile, they were in the Super Bowl last year. He got hurt this year. The entire team got hurt. So I think they probably are sitting back and saying, look, we just had a year from hell. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is what we were when we made it to the Super Bowl. Maybe we don't need him to throw a ton to still be in the Super Bowl. Maybe this team can still win with Jimmy Garoppolo as our future quarterback. They're they're just one year separated from the Super Bowl. So in their eyes, they're probably saying, look, last year was just unlucky. Yeah, we've lost our defensive coordinator. Yeah, we're going to lose some guys in free agency like a Richard Sherman. But we're going to get a lot of guys back healthy. You know, our, our first-round pick, Javon Kinlaw, is going to be a second-year guy. Uh, Nick Bosa will be back. They'll be healthier, you know, Resign Trent Williams, offensive weapons will be better. Maybe they can get a, a really nice running back in the draft. I think the 49ers take a look and they say, we're just one year removed from being in the Super Bowl. Maybe we consider moving on from Garoppolo at the end of next season if he doesn't do well and if we don't have success on the football field. So I think the 49ers flirted with the idea, but I think because they 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 probably just look at last year as a fluke as a just man we we had injuries everywhere and and especially our quarterback our all-pro tight end you know maybe they just look and they say let's not overreact to one bad season let's give it one more go with this regime and if it doesn't work that contract is actually pretty easy to move off of um, at the it's easy to move off of this year it's especially easy to move off of at the end of next year so i think the 49ers might be pretty okay with with moving forward with Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback for next year. And maybe it's a situation where they do use that 12th pick on a rookie quarterback. Maybe they do try and take a guy like Mac Jones or Trey Lance, try to move up a little bit, a couple of spots for Lance, or, or sit Pat and take Mac Jones and say, look, we're going to let this rookie really learn the Kyle Shanahan system in his rookie year while we let Jimmy Garoppolo play out his one final year. And maybe maybe it goes great and we want to keep him around and maybe Mac Jones becomes expensive. I just think that the 49ers sat back and they said, we don't want to overreact to one bad year. Let's give this another shot when we've got a fully healthy roster. And if it doesn't work, then we can move again at the end of next season. So, um, you know, this makes me feel like probably the 49ers aren't going to be that involved on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Um, now, of course, it, depending on, you know, it's it's tough because Matthew Stafford is Matthew Stafford. Deshaun Watson is, is you know, an extra eight years and and consistent top five quarterbacks. So maybe they are still interested in Deshaun Watson and they didn't want to you know just rush into something with Matthew Stafford. Maybe they're one of those teams too like Miami, like the Jets, and, and like um, Houston where they're like, we, we want to get to know this quarterback class. We want to figure out all of our options. We don't want to rush into anything. The Matt Stafford trade was rushed because they had a, a signing bonus that they had to pay him at, in just two weeks. They wanted to get the deal done with. Um, And that's why they were able to move on over this past weekend. But for the 49ers, they're probably like, well, we've got so many options here. We can run it back with Jimmy Garoppolo. And with a healthy team, we'll probably be back in the postseason. And hey, a couple lucky breaks go our way, We might push towards an NFC title game. They could draft a quarterback at 12 or move up a couple picks to get a Trey Lance. Let him sit his rookie year and learn from Kyle Shanahan. Let Jimmy Garoppolo play out one year, try and earn his next deal on another team, and move forward that way. Or maybe they learn a lot about this quarterback class. They they decide that, hey, it's more worth it to give up picks, maybe throw in Jimmy Garoppolo and some other young players and go get Deshaun Watson and be a, a Super Bowl contender for the next five to seven years with him. So that's kind of where I think the 49ers just... Didn't expect it to the trade market to heat up that quickly. And they were like, oh, well, we've got too much to consider here. We're one way one year away from the Super Bowl. Like we're not going to rush into anything. So that's where I think the Niners are at. Uh, Other teams that that, you know, had conversations here, the Broncos discussed a pick swap with the Lions that would have essentially been a late first round pick. But uh, Denver just wasn't going to offer nearly as much as some of these other teams, especially the Rams and the Panthers. Um, The Bears and the Patriots both checked in, which is kind of funny. Uh, New England was willing to give a second round and a player to get Stafford, uh, which, you know, I I mean, that just doesn't compare. And uh, then I think, let's see, the Bears, it doesn't really say what their offer was. Oh, it does say... Uh, that that on Friday right before the trade went down the day before the Jets did check in but the Lions circled back and and the talks never really went that far so that's really the teams that came out reported that were interested it did say it did come out that Matthew Stafford did put New England as a team he wouldn't accept a trade to which I find hilarious Uh, and it it just comes to show you just how undesirable of a location that is right now with the receiving talent they don't have Um, the offensive line they got a couple guys in free agency running backs aren't that strong um weird weird situation in New England where you know it's it's funny. You would think great quarterbacks would want to play for Bill Belichick but the way that this roster is currently built and uh really their inability to draft well especially when it comes to the offensive side of things um Matt Stafford didn't want to go there. So uh really interesting to to hear that little nugget as well too. Um Look, I know this podcast was was really scrambled and me kind of just going off the cuff. There's a there's just so many different Things that are going to transpire over the next few months, Um, as I mentioned, not only just the Deshaun Watson thing that I won't expect to happen for a couple more months, but, you know, what do the Jets decide to do with Sam Darnold? What do the Eagles decide to do with Hurts and Wentz? You know, I think one thing that we can finally put to bed, which I I can't believe was even a conversation for a day, uh, was that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Packer next year. Uh, That was funny to see the rumors get thrown out there. And I know they were in part by Aaron Rodgers just being cryptic, but he's always philosophical. He's always that. He's the MVP. You you don't trade the MVP, especially when he's been your franchise quarterback for a decade. Uh, So we can put that rumor to bed. Um, But there's, I mean, there's just so much going on. There's so much we have to learn about this rookie quarterback class so much in the trade market where I'm, you know, obviously we're a little bit jumbled when we talk about all this, but hopefully um, we were, I was able to, you know, express the fact that A, this is a slam dunk for the Rams. B, I just, I, cross your fingers, Detroit. Uh, C, the Panthers, Washington, Indianapolis, uh, they're all gonna be heavy players in the quarterback market this offseason. You can throw the Bears in there as well, too. Um, I think it's it's just pretty clear Stafford wasn't gonna go to Chicago in the division. Um, and then Deshaun Watson. That that domino is the biggest one. So so much. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be madness. Um it's, there's going to be a lot of changes coming up. It's going to be a really fun offseason. I've been saying that for a year now. And, uh, you know, we're just a couple weeks away from being able to experience it firsthand. So uh, that is going to wrap up the podcast for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back on Thursday with a Super Bowl preview and pick. I'm going to go down, break down some some favorite bets that I have for the Super Bowl. I've already put out a lot of props uh, out there for, for Super Bowl weekend. Um, A lot of of fun stuff. I'm sad we've got one game left, but, hey, we've got a great showdown between the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. So that breakdown will come down Thursday. Best bets, my pick for the Super Bowl. And then we'll head into the weekend and, and enjoy our last NFL game of the 2020 season. Make sure to go like, subscribe, review the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Blake Andrew Pace. I appreciate all your continued support. We will talk soon. Thanks so much for listening. Peace.